Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Transbox. And sitting in front of me looking resplendent in blue today, my cohort in crime, the lovely Jenny. Hi, Jen. How are you? Hi, Jill. How are everybody? Good to be here. It's been a little while since you and I actually sat down in front of a, um, a recording device. It is. It is, isn't it? Because we've been, we recorded a few and then dripped them out and um, and lots has happened. And of course, wow. our last episode, um, we had the chief exec of Beyond Reflections, the charity we like to look after and support. And Andy Maratas was with us talking about all things non-binary and uh, fascinating episode. Really interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, I've been involved in the trans community a long time, but don't personally have that understanding experience non-binary it's really fascinating to hear about it yeah i think it's a i think it's a one area of uh, the trans community that is still um less understood than elsewhere i have colleagues at work who who are non-binary but aren't out at work authentic because they feel people don't understand it enough so i think there's a it's a lot of work to be done but of course non-binary people have been around such a long time we just never mm. had the language did we yeah and it is fascinating. It was fascinating also hearing about the new pronouns or neo pronouns. I think Andy described them as, and um, and, I, and I found that quite interesting. And but also quite challenging to think that we've only we're getting to grips with they and them, and now suddenly we're looking at these other things as well. And um, it's so I, it, it's it's fascinating to see how our own world is evolving. And whilst we're constantly looking at things which are horrible and gr grim in the press, it is interesting to see how. There are people out there who are pushing things forward as well and being Absolutely. part of the vanguard of that. I can't believe how quickly sort of language and terms have changed in the last 10 years, well, mm. you know, 15 years. We weren't talking about non-binary yet. Non-binary people were there. Yeah. We suddenly have the language. Um, you know, neo-pronouns is not something I've come across very much, but it is it's certainly um, interesting. I, I actually wonder, you know, wonder, wonder about the term non-binary itself because it's not in a sense to define something about what isn't that's a language we've got i mean the problem i think yeah. it's a great term but i'm wondering if if in 15 years time we find a different term rather than saying what somebody isn't instead of what they are yes um, you know if you think about third genders that might be analogous in like naked american cultures and things spirit yes. genders i've heard about and things yeah so it's fascinating i think it's i think it's you know needs more understanding i need to do more understanding and more homework, I think, on it. Yeah. I mean, there's um, someone I interviewed years ago uh, who formed uh, Slash Queer, uh, Georgia Williams, Georgie Williams. Right. And, I mean, an, an unbelievable person to let, ever get the chance to listen to and anybody out there looking at a TEDx talk about gender mm. and Georgia, uh, Georgie, would, I can't remember which name she goes by now, they'd identify something like, 11 or 12 genders so because yeah. of course the thing is because we haven't got the language for, for, for it no, no. We, we can't use the language it's quite fascinating well so i i always thought in, in in many ways the 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 idea of just being two genders that we were brought up with boys and girls and nothing else was what i was taught at school is sort of, in, in many ways a western european mm. concept if you look around the world cultures have all sorts of different approaches to gender and, and more than one gender, and I just think it's something that we've we're catching up really, sort yeah. of in Western Europe and, and America at the moment. So, but I do think part really of the problem is this different differentiation between biology and gender. And I think it's I think it's wise to to keep those things apart because I think otherwise you end up with a big row. And um, well, I mean, you get that row. I mean, you know, I mean, if I, if somebody asked said on a form, if it just said 
what's your sex on a form? I'd put female that I wouldn't put my sex assigned at birth. That has no relationship to me now. And I always, I genuinely think gender is in, in a sense, the more important term, because that's how I relate to the world. I relate mm. to the world in my gender, right? You know? Yeah. Um, so that's for me, far more important day in day out than, than in a sense, my biology and my history yeah. uh, in that respect. But yeah, yeah interesting so i was i was intrigued to note last i think it was last week or the week after and i think we should sort of comment on it it's it was uh, i don't know if it was international autism week or international autism day but um it struck me that the sort of whole subject of neurodiversity is is important to the trans world and um i just wondered what your view on that was no i mean really good to see that, that we're starting to to talk about neurodiversity more and more i'm i'm my main job is in the NHS and we are starting to try and understand that a bit more that people think and process things differently and socialize differently because of neurodiversity. Um, I, there's definite, I mean, there's, I know there's been some studies. It seems to be links between, for instance, autistic people and people who are trans just into, I think there's been, uh, some studies on that. And, uh, I, I, I've delivered some training to teams who, who specialize in autism. Uh, and they seem to have more contact with you know, patients in the NHS than maybe other other teams. So there definitely is seems to be a connection there. But whether it's a causal link, who who, who knows? Whether mm. it's whether it is that autistic people are more in in a sense open to to questioning their gender. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm no expert in autism, but I think it's really interesting. You know, because you know, in in a sense, neurodiversity is about how how we think, how we process things. Is that right? And, yeah. you know, from a young age, my process was that I wasn't a boy and I was a girl. So, I mean, you know, whether people argue that being trans, I don't know, is, is, is neurodiverse in itself. I, I, I don't know. It's of my, my brain to understand that in terms of my intelligence, but I think it's really interesting. I think it's important. We talk about it more and more. Yeah. It, I mean, it is, it is fascinating because you, you do see a, and this is a massive stereotype. But I know yeah. groups I go to, you'll see a lot of people who are, I know we used to say on the spectrum, not allowed to say that anymore, but, you know, who are, who are more neurodiverse than the yeah. than the average group of people. Um, you often see people in IT, the mathematical and physics, they're, they're really, you know, very in that right brain world, um, which, sorry, left brain world, which is, which is odd because you would imagine a lot of trans people coming from the background I had, which is the arts and the... Uh, theatre and such like but it, it yeah. seems to it, it seems to be that um trans people seem to find that that neurodiversity more useful or neurodiversity might be driven because the trans is it's quite hard to know the cause and effect isn't it absolutely absolutely is but in some ways i, I wonder whether it really matters um yeah, i think the fans i think there's two things we need more awareness we need understanding of trans trans identities non-binary and likewise, we need more understanding that many of us think differently. And and, and neurodiversity, is, typically people think of autism, but more and people, my brother's been diagnosed with um, ADHD in his 50s. Yeah. And he's now realised that's made a lot, he's now started to realise that's affected his life because how he thinks is different and how he, he processes and decision making and things. So I, I think more, I think it's, it's one of the things that's, um, because I work in diversity and inclusion, that we started to talk about it more and more. So mm. there, there may be a link. Uh, who who knows? But I think we need to understand people, don't we? You know, all of us. Yeah. I mean, I think I think for me, it's it's a fascinating area because it's that idea that 
it's about it's about how you deal with difference and it's at the heart of as an organization how do you get the best out of your people it's it's about dealing with people in in, in their bit of difference where they are rather than you where where you, they would prefer them to be and it's it's that management leadership thing about how do you flex to to get the best out of your people and if the difference is they have dyslexia or adhd or autism it's about how do you make the job allow them to operate the the, the parameters of the job but taking into account those conditions and also recognizing yeah. that some conditions aren't useful in the workplace, but that there's a compensatory element. So you often find that people who are highly imaginative, highly skilled, highly, you know, creative and innovative are the most disorganized, you know, radical people and vice yeah. versa. It's, it's, it's yeah. that knowing that, you know, how, how, how do you, how do you actually begin to operate to get the best out of those people is the, is the challenge really often when those people don't know themselves, I think, which is often the challenge. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, as I say, as somebody who works in diversity and inclusion, we, we now understand that having a work, you know, having a workforce that's open to, to everybody benefits everybody individually but also benefits the service in the nhs we started to understand that but we're still slow you know still doing things the same way it's still in recruiting by doing interviews which just tests your ability to be interviewed and and yeah. and you know and doesn't doesn't have scope for people who think differently and process differently um i still think we've got some way to go um but i think it, i don't think it, i think it's a really interesting subject and i think it's really interesting for trans people you know um I, I, I regard myself as neurodiverse, I guess, because we're all diverse, I guess. But it's, I mean, not in any, I have something called um, aphantasia, which is not really much heard of, and it's not, um, it doesn't have a massive effect on my life. But what it means is you can't, you don't have a mind's eye, you can't picture, mm. picture things, which I think is really interesting being trans that when I was, when I was um, a child and I, I knew I was a girl, I couldn't. And I'd shut my eyes. I couldn't really picture it. I couldn't yeah. see myself in that way until I actually expressed myself and dressed and saw myself in that way, because I don't have uh, that that same ability. You can Google a aphantasia. It's a fascinating subject. A p h a n t. Is that how you spell it? Aphantasia. Yeah, otherwise, it's um, Disney. Is it? That's right. Aphantasia. <laughs> aphantasia. Yeah, it's not, not quite Disney. I don't. But mind you, I do have a Disney brain. Who knows? But um, no, I think it's really. I think it's really interesting. There's, as I said, there's definitely appears to some commonality and crossover yeah. uh, between our, uh, my trans community and, and, and people who are neurodiverse. I mean, I, yeah. I, it's interesting though for the, the conversation, isn't it? I do worry because in my own professional background as a psychologist, I, I do worry though that people love a label. And yeah. it's a human, it's one of the human conditions that we, we love labels. And uh, it's, it's interesting, we were chatting earlier and, and I do know people who have been lost and you know at sea and then they've been given a diagnosis of one of these neurodiverse situations, often ADHD. And they often seem very happy because they've now got a label, they've got something to cling on to. Yeah. And often, if you look at the criteria for ADHD, it's so broad, it's so meaningless in a funny sort of way that almost anybody could be seen to have ADHD. Of and course. I do, I, I, and I do yeah. worry, it's a bit, but I wonder where, it's a bit like the labels around gender. It's about I was you know, say, all these things we do, that we, we do have to be careful not to become defined by the label, you know, acting as if we've got a thing. No, no, you're absolutely right. Because, you know, and, and you know, my experience as a trans woman is different than other experiences as a trans woman. I, I think one thing uh, I suppose label and language gives us, I was trying to think back about this, 
is, you know, when I first realised or, or knew in my mind that I was a girl, but obviously nobody could see that, 10 years old, not having the language to, under, to pin that, not even have a term to understand that, hmm. was so frightening and isolating, so frightening to say, well, why is this going on in me? Because nobody else in the world is telling me this. And I don't even have the language. Um, I didn't have the language to describe it. It wasn't until, um, you know, um, I read a book and, and saw the term transgender and uh, understood that, or well, it wasn't that, it was transsexual at the time in language. It wasn't until I read that and thought, oh, that is who I might be. Yeah. So, yes, I hope it doesn't define me. I mean, people often say, well, after transition, is, is um, are you different? I'm the same person in so many ways yes. outwardly a lot different um may socialize slightly differently but all fundamentally my brain is the same as it was previous yes. um so yeah it, it, in some respects you don't want to be defined by that um but otherwise other it does give some comfort when when and it's frightening to not knowing why you feel different than yeah. everybody else you know? it, there's, there's a lovely safety in being in a group of people who all um, identify using that same label. And it's interesting, going back to your point about non-binary, because what they're doing is defining themselves by what they're not. And maybe the challenge for the language is to, is to catch up with that. Yeah, that's why I think, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy with the term, and it's not for me to, to define, but it'd be nice to have a term that wasn't about a term of exclusion, non-binary, mm -hmm. and actual inclusion. And this is who, who are, uh, uh, you know, that third gender uh, in, that, in that respect. But yeah, no. So I think you're absolutely right about we shouldn't be hidebound to our our definitions, um, you know. Um, but also, I think there is some comfort in 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 help trying to using language to try and understand who we are yes. when we, we're not sure. And you know, as I say, it was for many of my years it was frightening until I could settle on who actually I was. Even though I wasn't yes. allowed at that time allowed to be it in my teens, I understood. Who I may be, you know. Yeah, and and what's fascinating is, sorry, we're talking about language now, and I just it's one of my areas of fascination. It's uh, yeah, I love language. it's that thing about how how language becomes corrupted and how we go through this process. It's a brilliant term of semantic degradation. Yeah. That's a great okay. term, isn't it? It's about how words become meaningless over time. So the word stress used to have a specific meaning. Now it doesn't. The you word know, literally, literally yes. doesn't mean literally anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and one of the things that was going through my head is trans doesn't mean trans anymore. And woke doesn't mean, I mean, you know, the word woke appeared and has disappeared, has been hijacked and corrupted. But yes. if you used to think about what a trans person was even just th three or four years ago, before, well, maybe five years ago, before 2016, it meant something and it wasn't threatening. And now it means something different, doesn't it? It's now... You know, it's well, I don't, I don't the words, the words, I, I don't, you know, meld and, and move around, don't they? It's fascinating. It's how, it is how it's used, and it is, yeah. and it is me, and it is media politically driven. Exactly. So that the term woke has been politically driven, and and, and that is any, you know, I'm proud to be woke, you know, and yeah, and, I, and, I, and actually, under, I understood now that word dates back to the 60s, I think, first used in the African American. Yeah to describe somebody who is aware of social injustice. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not a new word, but it's yeah. been completely, you know, we, we have, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I think I, I, the way it's, you know, you, you know, the way, the way it's, well, the way trans is used as a descriptive uh, term, I mean, it was interesting, that, that terrible, uh, obviously there was terribly sad um, school shootings and, uh, and the way that suddenly, the the shooter is a trans shooter and trans yes. becomes the That's identifying it. first not the shooter right you know um you can see how 
how that's been built up. Um, um, you know, I, I think yeah, I think language is interesting, like that. and um, yeah. and actually we have how to we define ourselves. Find, the way we define ourselves, the way we talk about ourselves, the way we build that narrative. It's interesting looking at LinkedIn profiles because you have that thing about the the first 20 lines or 20 words or something, what people, how people really put themselves. And and you have some people who are, are in our world who talk about their fantasticness, their fabulousness, their, you know, their difference, their, um, uh, really, you know, this sort of celebration of who they are. And other people who you can see that they're trying to hide they're trying to hide away almost myself included and they almost they almost hide the trans thing away because actually it's they don't want to be defined by that label and i think it's it's quite fascinating um because your, your narratives your, your, your narratives your own isn't it and i think that's just, you you said to me two or three episodes ago about not being trans enough and that's the narrative you create for yourself and that's where um, you build and, and develop in my ideal world right in my ideal world and this was probably the case maybe 10, 10 years ago, I wasn't involved in um, um, working with trans and inclusion. I would just live my life as a woman, right? That's mm. the important thing. Whenever I say the phrase identify as trans, that's nonsense. I don't identify as trans. Trans is a descriptive term to me, the same as I'm, I'm a tall woman, I'm a trans woman. They're just descriptive yeah. terms, right? Um, obviously, that's an irony because I'm ident I'm doing a podcast about being trans. So, uh, and, and, and in some ways that's how it feels like it's a necessity more than choice, because as I say, if I had my way, I'd be living as a woman, like every other woman and getting on with life in that respect. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I am proud to be trans. Don't get me wrong. You know, I've more and more understood that, um, you know, more and more, I think. Um, but for right now I feel like the need to be some activism and, and, and doing the work I do in delivering training and things, but, yeah um it is interesting language is really interesting you know yeah as i say there was a time in my life i would have used the term transvestite and that term makes me shudder when i hear it now but yeah. in the 90s not living full-time but dressing you know behind closed doors and expressing myself i'd have used that term awful now thinking about it yeah so it is incredible how language moves on yeah now, one know. of the things one of the things that was um uh amusing about uh was um because i've been traveling recently was um safety and traveling and it just and i just wondered if you had a few words to to help because i remember you talking about being on a train once and, no i mean uh, i remember i remember that i think yeah, there is a there's a thing on twitter called trans on trains where trans people post photos on trains I don't know why it's become a meme but um yes it's one of those first challenges i remember when i first transitioned um taking a train journey and and when you first transition, you're you're always conscious of your environment, and often you know because you're scared at first. And I'm like thinking, I need to make sure I've got an escape route if things don't go right because you 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 catastrophize in everything, aren't you? In your brain. And I said that I'm going on the first train journey, and at the time because I'd only just transitioned, I wore a wig. I obviously don't wear a wig now, but I wore a wig, and because um, my hair was really short, it just didn't work for me. And terrified that you know when I was on a train and there was a bunch of drunk lads on the train because that somebody would come and pull my wig off or something sort of terrified of being stuck because you're stuck on a train so mm. I, I remember how 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 um scary that was at, at first and actually i never had a single problem it was absolutely fine but um yeah i think uh i think there are challenges to travel um you know there are challenges things like that i've never i've never i've other than flown to belfast once but i can't really remember that was uh, I'd, I was well into my transition then, so it really didn't um, 
or it didn't phase me, but I imagine traveling to other countries where they may be less accepting of trans people, for instance, yeah. or, or going through your ID and all that must, must be, must have some challenges, I guess. You know, I think, uh, I think it's a subject for another day, but it, it, it did, it did strike me quite recently because as always in a, in, in a, period of complete self-interest. This is something I've got to face later in the year. So I'm getting my head around it now as we speak. So the idea of traveling abroad, um, I, I mean, I work in Africa, as you know, and there's no right, way yes, one, one can present this way. So that's part of my problem with where I am at the moment in my own uh, journey. Um, but I think it's, I think it's traveling, you know, so I wonder if people have have got experience themselves. They want to drop into the comments because actually we've opened up a comments section now on the website. And if you want to drop really something in, then you can. It'd be, re yeah. be really interesting to hear about that. As I say, I haven't really, you know, traveled much. Um, I must admit, if I was, I, I, if I was to Europe and countries that now were similar, you know, sim, when I say acceptance in the UK, that's not always a given, but genuinely similar, similar levels of acceptance as the UK. I don't think, I don't think it would phase me that much. I'm more scared of flying, <laughs> more just scared right. of, I'm just, more than just overly anxious because I get anxious about traveling than, 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 than being trans and, and, and thinking that that, because that I'm okay. So naturally there's, I mean, there's countries that are way more better than uh, the UK now to, to be trans, you know, Spain have, have passed some amazingly progressive laws and just, yeah. just recently in, in Germany. So at that part of traveling, but yes, of course, that, that, I mean, there are parts of Africa where it's still, I, I, you know, I mean, there's still places that got the death penalty for being gay, yeah, haven't they? Absolutely. Technically, I mean, it's it's just yeah. just horrendous. Literally, um, in fact, literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So yes, I mean, traveling, you know, um, it, it can be, you know, can cause. Uh, I think it's that feel of being being trapped a little bit. I think yeah. when you're on a train, you're trapped and and not having control, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is interesting. Be fascinating to hear people's experience, um, you know, uh, uh, of traveling abroad and acceptance, if it's the same as here or. Yeah. Well, know. okay then. So, um, what the news is grim. Let's leave the news. I, I, no, I, I, what I want to I, think um, about it. Yeah. And also, I've just come back from holiday and I haven't been caught up yet. Yeah. Um, what I did notice there was quite a big, um, um, uh, one of those change.org things about uh, the Human Rights Act. I think it's all probably very useful for us to be signing the um, the thing that removes trans people's rights and human this rights. Is about, this is about, yeah, so we get on to the news and politics a bit, but this is about yeah. the really concerning idea that this, this government have proposed to look at the Equality Act in yeah. terms of uh, trans and, 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 and gen sex discrimination and trans. And uh, that is really... Um, massively concerning to so many of us. The, the Equality Act was so very important to be inclusive yeah. of trans people. We fought hard, long and hard, and the thought we would go backwards it, it, it's frankly, astonishing. It's, it's astonishing, and yeah. um, you know, it's our worst fears, really. Uh, you know, very worst fears. You know, when all this, um, when it all started going wrong. You know, maybe sort of five, six years ago. But, yeah. Let's hope that um, that doesn't come to fruition. Well, there's there's something online sign, worth signing, and so yeah, I've there's a petition yeah. to, to say do not you know go around basically yeah. changing the quality quality act, which is a good piece. You know, it's got its flaws, but as a piece of legislation that protects people, yeah. protects me. You know, it, um, it's important. Yeah, I mean, the government are making a great job of doing what they want to do, which is to 
you know, turn this into a Singapore on Thames, and we all know what happens for trans people in Singapore. So it's not necessarily right, great. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, uh, we're in it. Sadly, we're we're you know we're uh, um, such a small community and yeah. an, an easy target for politicians wanting to deflect from doing yeah. what needs doing else. You know, but there are always people out there to help, and um, you know, I'm off to beyond. Ref- I'm are. off to see beyond reflections next week to see how they operate, and I should be reporting back. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. So I should be meeting the team and um, hopefully reporting about Andy I met last week. And they do great work. And they're people who are out there just simply supporting. And you it's know, they... never been it's never been more important for for, yeah. for 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 that charity. The work they're doing in supporting trans people at the moment, as I've it's never been more important right now in the UK. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll report back and. Um, no doubt, I shall see you next week. Anything exciting to look forward forward to? I've just got work. Ugh. Yeah, I've just got work, but I like yeah. work. I enjoy my job. So, um, especially when I'm doing inclusion stuff, I enjoy it. So that's not not too bad. But no, nothing nothing exciting. But work. You look. You've just been around America. That was exciting. It was. It was. You're gonna have to, next podcast. You're gonna have to tell us a bit more about that. But you know, uh, what's what's most important is I've got a very very sore arm, and I actually can't put my arm behind my back anymore which actually is quite bizarre because it's amazing how many times you need to put your arm behind your back, like when you put a coat on and take a coat off or I was supposed to. I thought when it... you sling a bag over your shoulder or anything like that. It's, I, thought it's... You'd been, been, I thought you'd been handcuffed or something behind your back like that's, the police in that's America. A whole, that's a whole right. different thing. That's a whole, that's another, whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and until then, I'll see you then. <laughs> yes, see you all then. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transvox. It's been a joy to have you with us. Um, if you want to um, make contact with us, you can contact us at gillian at transvox.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the work we do, please go to Patreon and go to page Transvox. And all of our money goes to our nominated charity. And Jen, you've chosen the charity for the next number of episodes. Which one have you chosen? Our charity is called Beyond Reflections, which is a charity that provides support and counselling to trans people, non-binary people and their friends and their families across the UK. An amazing charity doing some amazing work, really important. So please, if you can, give. Great. And if you want to go and have a look at Beyond Reflections, it's beyond-reflections.org.uk. And uh, But as I say, if you'd like to make a contribution to what we're doing, because we love to help the people who help us. Uh, again, if you've got ideas for um, the show, things you'd like to ask us, questions, comments, applause, or um, brickbats, feel free to send it all Absolutely. in to Gillian at transvox.co.uk. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye-bye.